So, hello, and welcome back to Arbitrary 20. I'm Jonathan. I'm Lucas. I'm Michael. I'm Caitlin. And today we're talking about our top 10 cantrips for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Yep. No particular order, but we're uh, kicking it off with message. Okay, honestly, the pros of message is what I want to start with. Mainly, it sticks out from other things, because the closest spell to it is a third level spell with sending. And then the closest feat is from Tasha's it's a telepathic feat, but it only gives you ability to send them a message and you don't even get a chance to respond to it as a recipient. So I feel like it's kind of in its own league of its own. You know how useful it is for sometimes to be able to like send a message like a quick because it because you have to use somatic obvious to to do it right. Yeah, it's verbal somatic yeah. material. And yeah. another super important thing is that. Um, uh, only the target hears the message, even if you're whisper, even though you're whispering it, yeah. no, no one else hears it. So, um, I believe, and target hears the message. Yeah. So, like if your rogue is in somewhere invisible and they get sent a message by the mage outside, they can reply without any. Yeah, and they don't, they don't need sight either. It's just like they just have to know the direction of the point. Yeah. yeah. And if you know them, then it's it's pretty easy. But, yeah, it's pretty much like it, it's a way to send hidden messages with no limit on them, pretty much. You know, sending has a 25-word limit, and people hear what you're saying, so. Well, these are, I think, a sentence, if I'm not mistaken. But you can just cast it as many times as you want. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And well, sometimes all you need is a sentence, too, to like, change the situation. Yeah. That, like, your party is coming in with encounter with so yeah and your party doesn't even have to be like in the same room as you no yeah. like it, it doesn't have to be a straight line you can do it around a corner a different room through a freaking wall if yeah. you know what's on the other side of it yeah as long as the wall is not too thick but it can go around corners yeah it has yeah. to be a density to the wall for the message to go through one foot of stone <coughs> an inch of common metal or a thin sheet of lead uh, blocks it or three feet of wood but it can go around corners so it could go like under a door. I'm just imagining like, like the message like coming up against the wall and being like, it's fucking too thick. Now I gotta like fucking, it. it's like going around the corner, <laughs> <laughs> underneath the door. It's coming up through like an air vent or something. <laughs> yeah. It just like goes up and hits Michael. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of funny though, because technically you can miss if you don't point in the right direction. That was true. So you could send it to the wrong person completely. Well, I guess that kind of depends how they. I guess that kind of depends how they run it. Because like, does it arrive to nobody, or if you accidentally point point to somebody, does it arrive to them? I would want it to arrive to the wrong person. Just the way I ruled it, it was the wrong person. Yeah, (laughs) you could rule it either way. Hilarious. Dungeon Master. So you're saying it's like a fuse type thing. Like after a little bit of time, it'll run out of like juice, so to speak, and. I'm saying, like, between you two, if I picked, like, here, and I wanted to send the message to Caitlin, if I was closer to you, I would rule it as sending the message to you. Yeah, you so have, you might get this random If you get message. the direction wrong, then... Oh, so it's closest... It's the closest person is how it's ruled, then. To who you point to. Yeah. That's over you. Oh, so if I'm in the... Oh. It's however you want to rule yeah, it, right? That's, that's right. not in the spell. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's... You point toward a creature within range. So if you don't know where they are... It doesn't necessarily get there, and then the DM, I guess, could decide whatever they want to do with the message. Yeah. I mean, it's up to however they decide. But when it works... It's pretty good. It legitimately, yeah. The fact that, I mean, there's still kind of the verbal and somatic amateur components to it, which doesn't make it, like, the yeah, but most you still broken. Can whisper, you yeah, know? but it's a hidden message yeah. that you guys can keep passing back and forth yeah. for as long as you want. So. All right. Hmm. So there's message. Mm-hmm. And what's next, Michael? It's Shillelagh is next. And uh, the best part, one of the good things about this is it's really fun to say. <laughs> most <laughs> people. <laughs> extremely difficult to pronounce. Yeah, yeah most people, people <laughs> struggle to pronounce it, but it's apparently Shillelagh. I think it's I've fun to say. Since it's a cantrip, you get to say it a lot, so that's fun. That's fair. Um. I just think that the fact that you can use, uh, you said it was wisdom, which is your spellcasting yeah, ability. Yes, so you touch a club or a wooden club or quarter staff, and it makes it so you use your wisdom instead of your strength for the attack roll and damage rolls. Which, rules. if you're like, 
I don't know. I was thinking kind of like a wizard, maybe. But I mean, they're intelligence, well, right? Druid, yeah, druids and clerics. Yeah. Druids and this clerics, also works yeah. really well for certain ranger builds. Yeah, because yeah, then you can just way less. It just gives uh, you a lot of possibilities. Like if you just dump stat, uh, like all your wisdom into that. I don't know if you'd do that. It makes you single ability screw dependent as opposed to multiple. But it's yeah. cool because just as long as you don't touch, or as long as you don't let go of it. Like it, it, you don't have to ever cast again, and then even if you have to cast it again, it's just a cantrip. So oh yeah, it's it'll, last, it again. it'll last a minute. But I do think it's funny that oh, you could literally try to grab yeah. like depending long on enough for a combat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Full minute. Yeah. It is kind of funny to me that you can, depending on how you rule it, you could just grab a wooden spoon and shillelagh people with it. So like as long as it's yeah. a club, yeah. It says wood of a club. <laughs> it could be a piece of a park bench. Yeah. It could be anything as long as it is a wood of a club. <laughs> And what do you rule as a wood of a club? I don't know. And then you pointed it out earlier. Um, it also becomes magical. Mm-hmm. And compared to like uh, magic stone, which is another cantrip, uh, elemental weapon or magic weapon, those are all, I believe, concentration. And this isn't. Yeah. So that is very strong. Especially with it being a bonus action too. So it's way less punishing, even if you do for some reason drop Just it. Just kidding. Magic stone is also not concentration. It's just like an, an interesting <clears throat> It's just a nice thing to have, I think. And then the damage die also becomes a D eight, which is it's pretty good. Always helpful. Like yeah. the higher the <laughs> at least the higher the the, the damage the, potential. Or just the die, the better, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a D one hundred or something and then you're just scared. Well, like as a low level <laughs> druid your wild shape. Unless you're Circle of the Moon, you're level two. Your wild shape doesn't really do very much. And if you're out of spell slots, like mm-hmm. usually you're screwed. So this kind of helps you, keeps you backed up. With That's this. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're not stuck, at least. It's always <laughs> good to just have an extra option mm-hmm. that always keep your possibilities open. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, what is next? No, I was thinking about Chill Touch as one of them. Cause first of all, I just like the aesthetic of like you're sitting there in combat and you create a ghostly skeleton hand in the space of a creature within range. Like first of all, if I sat there and I all of a sudden saw a skeleton hand come up from nowhere, I think I'd be terrified of that like target. But also, more importantly, like. Um, on a hit, the target takes like 1d8 necrotic damage, but then they also can't regain any hit points until this, the start of my next turn. So if the DM has like some weird, because I remember like Luther, one of the people that we recently just went up against, like would regain like, um, yeah, Norman, hit, Norman would regain yeah. hit points. Like, like 30 a turn. Yeah. It was actually kind of insane. No, it was kind yeah. of insane and scary. And so I feel like Chill Touch would have become so in handy in that situation because you can't regain any hit points until the start of my next turn. When it has an additional effect against undead, undead. targets, too. Yeah. yeah. So Which if you're playing a campaign where you know there's undead coming, this is definitely a good pick. Well, undead for low levels is pretty classic. Like, yeah, zombie. Yeah, zombie. Well, can you like imagine, like, starters. Norman isn't able to regain his hit points, and then if he was undead, then he, like, is he new. He was undead at that point, yeah. I think, right? He, like, rolls on disadvantage mm-hmm. against that person until the end of ne- your next turn. Like, at that point, Bildum might not have, like, <laughs> had death saves against him, because he would, like, she'd attack him, and then he'd attack her, and it's like, well, he, now he has disadvantage. So, like, there could have been some opportunity there yeah. to, like, not just get absolutely destroyed by the big bad. It does also yeah. scale like other cantrips too. So it goes to 2d8 two, two at level 5 and 3d8 at level 11 which is good. Yeah. And it's like 1d8. Like that's... It's also 120 range. So I mean, yeah. You can good. literally snipe someone from far away and like be within like a far away distance not get clocked back. <laughs> if yeah. you're if you're like a mage or something you can't get close distance. Yeah. You know. It's like the, the <coughs> sentinel feet Kind of. One kind of. Kind of, yeah. One thing I see that could sort of clash is if it is against undead. I'm pretty sure quite a few of them have resistance and necrotic damage, but for the other debuffs, it might still be worth it. I think it's still worth it if like they have disadvantage. Like I feel like disadvantage is always 
Yeah, and especially um, it's a ranged spell attack, so they don't get to they don't get to save against it. Yeah, I know you hate saves. So. I, um, <laughs> spell attacks just work more than saves. That's true. Because you can't legendary resistance against a ranged spell attack. <laughs> That's true. Is it just because there's less to go wrong there? Yeah, just yeah. less ways for them to like avoid it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in cantrips or anything, like the the more opportunity for for the spell or cantrip to succeed, the better. Like if if I have to have a wisdom saving throw against an enemy, there's an opportunity that it just doesn't happen inherently in the first place well, yeah, because he saves. There's magic resistance <coughs> that can give you advantage. There's legendary resistance. Yeah. There's also just the high wisdom bonus. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like all any of those are like factors that can contribute to them. This like not going on. This is so, armor class, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. This is just like a straight like their armor class. Do, do does it hit? Yes or no. The only possible thing could be the shield spell and probably not facing an undead with a shield spell. Yeah, right. Or something. <coughs> That's true. Please don't don't get that. No. No liches. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll do a lich. <laughs> I did a lich for the last campaign. <laughs> we cut to the image of Jonathan being like, and a lynch. <laughs> with a shield spell. <laughs> As like the next big bad that we face. I'll see that coming. Pretty bananas. Yeah, it's not fun. No. No. So, yeah. Chill touch. Pretty good. Honestly. Really good, actually. Like, if you, I don't know, if you're fighting a lot of undeads, like, that's... I took this with, like, my <coughs> cleric, who might happen in another campaign. And I used it, I think, a lot more than I expected to, because... A, I was just learning how to play cleric, so I was kind of useless because I didn't know. There's just like a lot to that class, and I like, didn't understand like what to do. Belladoris, I think. Mm, well, both. So Belladoris, all she was a mage, and she mm. also had. I think she had told the dead or something because she was a necromancer. So like I went with that theme anyway. So both her and someone who's going to show up in another campaign shortly. Um, like I took this with, and I used it a lot more than I expected to, just because it was like. A cantrip that does damage, but also is like pretty successful when it does hit, and like I didn't have to worry about wisdom saving throws for like other types of like cantrips that I had on board, and I tend to just take like damage based, except for guidance damage based like cantrips anyway, versus like healing ones. I don't know. That's just me. I'm like yeah. all the damage. I don't want to do any healing. It's like a- <laughs> everyone for themselves. It's a nice. Uh- Safety net. I mean, I is that everything for chill yeah. touch? Mm-hmm. All right. My first one is booming blade. Um, <laughs> okay. And I just think it's really good for the amount of damage it can do because they suffer the effects of the weapon attack, and if they move, they take a d8. Um, mm. So you make the melee weapon attack, and even if your bonus is plus zero, you're still doing your weapon attack damage, which is up to a d12, likely a d8, that's kind of the average for weapons, so that's still the same average for cantrips, Um, but you usually could add your strength or dex bonus, and then if they move, they take an additional d8, which would automatically make it become the highest damage at level one. Um, And then if they choose not to move and not take that damage, then you just grappled them for free. So kind of a win-win either way. Oh yeah, that's good. So, it's kind of like a half sentinel feet at that, that point. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it sounds like it almost. And then it scales incredibly well. So mm-hmm. level five, uh, you deal an extra D eight on the hit. So let's say you have a D eight weapon and a sixteen strength, you would deal two D eight plus three on the hit, and then they take an additional two D eight if they move, which is way better than anything else at level five. I wonder if they try to, you would still get an opportunity attack on them if they start moving out of your yep. range. So and then if you have Warcaster, you can booming blade them again. Yeah, so you're doing... <laughs> super good, yeah. You're doing mass This is what I'm doing, It's also fun, too, because with, I believe it's Dissonant Whispers, it makes them move away, which Does doesn't it? proc this, yeah. but if they want to come back to hit someone in melee, they, they have, have to, to willingly move. Yeah. So you just force someone to run away, and they either stay there, just stand there, or they take the damage. You can bring up a lot of good combos. Yeah, that's it sort is. of a free yeah. grappling effect, which is really good. Yeah. I think it makes it a lot better than the other option, Green Flame Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay, well, it just speaks for itself. Like, yeah. it's just, like, it's just good. <laughs> like, it's just, if you want to, like, maximize the amount of damage you're going to do in a round, like, that sounds, like, pretty optimal. So the reason why he wants to use it. Yeah, the only issue yeah. with it, and I mean, I guess it's an issue with everything, is if you're under resistance or immunity to thunder damage, then the effects are just really useless, but... Thunder damage so resistance, though, is like... Well, <laughs> if you're a sorcerer, or you take metamagic adept, then I guess you could uh, transmute and spell it. Well, what has resistance to thunder for myself and everybody else that doesn't uh, The only thing I can think of at the moment is, like, storm giants, but... Okay, so how many storm giants <laughs> have you encountered yeah, in the campaign? Storm, if, you're playing, if you're playing Storm King's Thunder, which is an okay, adventure, then yeah. don't take okay. it. Like, yeah. well, yeah, this isn't going to get too much use. But Honestly, the main issue with it is it needs to be a melee weapon at least once over. That, that, well, they did that just so it didn't get used with Shadow Blade. Yeah, yeah. That would have been so broken. Well, that's what it used to be, because it used to just be a melee weapon. So before really? before the Arata and Tasha's, yes, you could do it with a Shadow Blade. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So if in the so yeah, that Shadow Blade gets up to a five d eight weapon. So uh, you'd be dealing like eight d eight on the hit, mm -hmm. and then forty eight if they move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's> so <laughs> or you grapple them with free and also do all this like damage. Yeah, and that's all round what first second level. This this is, 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 oh well, that that I was talking seventeenth. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was talking seventeenth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm about to say one shot. It's, it's it does scale like extremely. Well. When you get to fifth level, I think is when it truly shines, like, truly truly shines. But yeah, even at first level, it's so good. And this is something you're thinking about taking, like. Oh yeah, I'm already taking. <laughs> like it's in, it's in there. It was, it was the, yeah, it was like one of the key parts of the build. It's really good. If you can get someone else or yourself to make them move, then because it's until yeah until the start of your next turn, so it's like yeah. Sentinel or um, or once it's your next turn, you not, just do it again. Heck, is it? It's not haste. What am I thinking of? The freaking uh, thing that Imch does. Stunning strike. Stunning strike. Not quite. There we go. They can still do. They can still fight you. But, but it happens. I think that's still a win if you're keeping them in melee with you. 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's still a win. I'm just saying that it happens through the next round, so everybody benefits instead of just one yeah. person benefiting. Yeah, if you move them, yeah. Yeah. You can also set up the party around, like, if they choose not to move, like, you, it, you can also, like, position your party in a better way during that round because, like, they can't necessarily, mm -hmm. like... And you don't necessarily have to do that with something like yeah. this Net Whispers. If you're, a like, an arcane trickster rogue and you have this, you can do this. You still get your sneak attack because you hit them with a weapon. And then you bonus action disengage, walk away, and then they're just stuck there yeah. with a blade on yeah. them. Or they choose to move and take the damage, and then it's like... There's also a feat, when you, even when you attack roll, that they don't get opportunity attacks. I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh. But it would work really well with this, too. Um, is it mobile? I think it is mobile. What does that one do? Or if you have, like, Zephyr Strike <laughs> or a Shardalon Stride, mm -hmm. those will also have more speed. You could do this and then a shuttle on stride or expeditious retreat mm -hmm. or uh, Zephyr Strike, a bonus action, and then run away and just leave them there with this on them. Yeah, if you have mobile, if you make mobile. a melee attack against a creature, you don't provoke opportunity attacks for the rest of the turn, even if you don't hit. So there you just go. slap someone and run away. Yeah, <laughs> and it also allows everyone else in the party to disengage too if they're too close, if they need, if they need to. Is that how that's read? Like everyone else can just like just you. or suggest you. Oh, okay. Well, but with this, like if he moves, it's like. I mean, you don't have too many melee characters. And, well, depends on the campaign. But if you have a lot of range characters and you have this being your one melee character, they're probably not <coughs> going to be going after the range characters. No. This is your melee character. Yeah, because they're you're right in front of them, so mm -hmm. they're not going to bother. People who are like 100 feet back or 60 feet back. Well, especially if they're getting punished and move. Yeah, yeah exactly. Next is uh, <coughs> guidance. It's usually exclusive to clerics and druids. But if your DM allows it, uh, you can get it through the strict saving background, uh, which gives you strict save and initiate, and you can take guidance as one of the cantrips that it gives you. Um, so, tech, if your DM allows it, pretty much anyone can get this, which makes it even more broken in my opinion. Well, it's actually interesting is they're, it looks like they're continuing to do that too. The Unearthed Arcana for the Dragonlance stuff actually has feats like that too. That's so, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're continuing with that. Yeah. 
I mean, it turned from like a cantrip that was on very specific characters to being on anyone, literally anyone. So it's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, obviously the pros are a D4. On average, that's a plus two, I guess I would say. Um, 2.5, yeah. Yeah, 2.5, which is in essence to ability checks like a plus 40 of that stat. And you can use it on anyone. Um, so it's pretty crazy. And it lasts a minute. So if someone has a choice whether they want to use it immediately or if they want to save it for a specific thing, then it's pretty good. And guidance can be used on rolls for... Just ability checks. Just ability checks. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a combat-based thing. Yeah. It's more of like... Roll for persuasion. Exploration or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely good for role-play. Yeah. Yeah. That is one thing to be aware of. It doesn't necessarily always work with like insight checks and stuff like that because... Well, one, they'd be on the spot, and you might not get a chance to cast this. And also, people it's a spell, so people can notice you casting it. Yeah, it so does happen. Unless, like we mentioned, with the Strict Saving Initiate feat, or you're a Divine Soul Sorcerer, you can subtle spell it, mm -hmm. and then no one knows. Yeah. But subtle spell is what? Like a... Just it's, it's, yeah. Like a level, what, one spell? No, it's, it's, it's a, a meta magic, so you can use it to affect spells. But does it use a spell slot, then? It uses sorcery points. Oh, well. Yeah, specific thing. You can't you can't juice up people as much as you want to with guidance doing that, but that doesn't really matter. That's not the main point of this. I mean, like yeah, it's, I mean, it's half still the checks you make are perception checks. Like if you're out like exploring yeah. and stuff like that, or investigation checks, and it pretty much falls into the guidelines of you could probably do it before you make the perception check. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I mean. I know. This is a cantrip, and if it gets used immediately, technically you can spam it as much as your DM will allow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out for a long time, you can just continuously use it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And you can use it on anyone in your party. So you just start high fiving everyone. As long as they use it, as long as they use it, you just keep going. Yeah. Only downside I would say is it's concentration. So sometimes mm -hmm. I ran into the issue with I wanted to guide someone plus do enhance ability. Yeah. And two, that, two different people have to do that. Yeah. It's. It's a little unfortunate, but I mean, you can't really complain, to be honest. A D4 is huge. Yeah, once yeah. you get higher, then you used to be able to. Yeah. There's, it, yeah. It just add, changes the playing field. Like, yeah. Gives you just a little bump, and that little bump could be the difference between a success or a failure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially so. investigation, like perception checks, like yeah. when you're trying to like look for specific things, and that's kind of huge. Well, when with Will, <laughs> I don't think he had the couldn't roll high enough Arcana check in one of our campaigns oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, we were trying, yeah. you could only do it once per day. I think he had to get like a 19 or a 20, but the guidance made it so he could get... Like a 16? Yeah. yeah. A 15 is to pull it off. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a huge difference, to be honest. So It was quite literally the difference between us succeeding that day and that failing. Like, the guidance yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So. And I think we, we figured it was probably better to guide than enhance ability for like really hard checks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Well, especially ones that you have multiple chances at. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's much to be said about it. I mean, like, it's just good. I do enjoy yeah. the fact that before Strict Shaven came out, it kind of did thematically fit a druid and a cleric because they are, like, classically the assisting. Yeah, support. Uh, yeah, assisting mm -hmm. um, classes. I mean, clerics can still do a crazy amount of damage and stuff like that, but it makes sense for them to be, like, my faith is going to help you, you know, in that instance. Or however, their wisdom, I guess, would be the more yeah, wisdom. appropriate. They're yeah, literally now guiding now you. Yeah, now <laughs> everyone can get it. But still. Yes, it is very good. It always works. Yeah. It's a safe bet. You know, like if you're taking cantrips and you don't know what to take, like guidance is a pretty... Yeah, you're never going to feel bad about no, taking guidance. No, like you're never going to look at your cantrips and be like, why did I take this? You're never going to It's not going to be, yeah. No. You're going to use it. You, you use this cantrip the most out of anything yeah. possible. Yeah, and if you're not using it, you got to use it. Like yeah. you should be using it, you know? When I played my druid, uh, man, I missed out I so bad. I never, everybody else yeah. never I used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I would first start playing my cleric, I was the same way, where I just, like, I, I don't know if I used it enough to as, as I could have. Like, we would do perception checks and stuff, and I would, like, forget, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I could have done guidance, and I probably could have gotten, like, more, like, out of this. It would have changed 
probably a lot of things. I don't know. Yeah. I probably used guidance maybe a total of once or twice, and I was mm-hmm. like, I got to, I don't know, I probably joined that campaign probably around level three, and I we ended that campaign on, like, level five or six. Never touched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're a new player, just use guidance. Just ask your DM when you can use yeah, it. Like, that, truly. Yeah. That's the key yeah. takeaway here. Just always just use it. Always use it. Try and use mm-hmm. it. Every ability check, oh. can I guide myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, as long as the ability check. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think there's much to be said. Yeah. I mean, That's good. The, the counterpoint to guidance is resistance, but we oh, just yeah. didn't feel like it was very, like... What do you mean by resistance? Resistance, well, resistance is, is the yeah. same thing, except it's for saving throws. And he made a point earlier that it, it like, hardly whole, ever comes The up. whole point of a saving throw is it's abrupt, and you're trying to quickly react to something right. to do something against it. So yeah. like, you very rarely see saving throws coming. Yeah. So, so like, resistance just wouldn't come up that often. Because it's not a react. It's full action. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, yeah. you have to use some full action. The only way resistance is good is if you're, like, traveling in the cold, saving for constitution, or if you're, like, you're, you know there's like a dark trap you're about to run through. You can resistance and run through, but guidance just comes up way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Much more powerful. If you have open slots. Resistance is not bad, but yeah. 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 What, what you got next? The most controversial one. The most controversial <laughs> one, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can sway you. Yeah, maybe. So, Mold Earth, right? Yes, Mold Earth. I, uh, I've chosen this one. It's just, I don't know, like the ability to move the ground in just a five-foot cube is just, I think, very powerful. It, it opens up a lot of, if you use it creatively, it opens up a lot of interesting... Um, like role-playing stuff? or like Role-playing or even like attack stuff. Like you can just make people's life difficult. I actually want you... To start to talk about what we talked about at lunch today. I mean, okay, well, because it depends how you want to think about it. But you could technically, if it, you could suffocate a halfling pretty easily with it. I mean, <laughs> hold on, no, no, no. Explain <laughs> to me first of all. You take out five feet of dirt from underneath them. Okay, if yeah. If they don't leave it, then you just put it back on top of them. You fill the hole with them in it. It's like a five foot grave essentially. <laughs> I mean, See, that takes two turns. That does take two turns. If they don't get out of well, it. Well, I'm going to add something to your point, actually. You could quick and spell and do this twice in one turn. Okay, see? <laughs> but on top of that... So you can just put a small creature instantly underground, and then, I, I mean, I guess it depends however it gets ruled, but... I mean, at least they're most likely prone and having to spend a full turn to get out. Yeah, because they're just covered in dirt now. Yeah. That little, yeah. And, and even if... Even if you don't put the dirt back on top of them or the earth Mount, on top of them, yeah. you could just make the hole even deeper. So it now it's a 10-foot deep hole, and if it's like a halfling or anything that's... I mean, even if you're six you foot, yeah. And they go down 10 feet. Like, that's still four feet, so they have to either jump a little bit, which causes movement, and they have to do some sort of ability check. If they fail the check, they're in that hole again. And then you cast this, this cantrip again. Now it's 15 feet. And what was it? It's well, 50 feet a minute. Yeah. It, it depends on how, like, far, yes, depends on how far down the dirt goes. Well, no, it's stone, too. Yeah. Wait, no, you're targeting the area of loose earth. and you, So it is dirt okay. for, for that one. I mean, but you like, could dig through a mountain, most likely. I mean, the, the okay. top, the top, the more upper parts of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, core mountains is usually so. Have you ever dug a hole? I mean, it's not like it. I mean, it does get more and more compacted the farther down you go, but like. And more rocky. I mean, tr- digging trenches, like, I mean, obviously it's good in certain situations. You can dig so trenches. Yeah. It's just really, really nice. Give yourself cover. Can you build the mound up? You know what I mean? Like move yeah. like yeah. five feet yeah. on top of five yeah. feet. You, on could, five you feet. could build a wall like within a day with this for sure. You could just build a pile of dirt yeah. if you really wanted to. Yeah. Okay. I'm just imagining like you could fill you could fill up like if you want to block something like I don't know a trap door, and you put this pile of dirt on top of this trap door. Maybe it might slow him down. If I don't know. If you put enough, then like you gotta be able to lift that. Yeah, five cubic well, feet is pretty heavy. Yeah. Well, if you do it, if, 
if you do it multiple times and you get like a pile going there, they lift it up and then it just falls on them, right? Like, if they can, yeah. And then what does that trigger? Like a saving throw or something? I don't. It probably wouldn't they do any die. damage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just instantly die. No, it would die. The thing it explicitly states, it would slow them down a bit. But like the thing that it says in here though is that the movement of moving the dirt doesn't cause enough force to cause damage. But I wonder, does the movement? I know the movement of you moving it doesn't cause the damage, but does the damage of it falling cause damage? Not that five feet. The, well, I mean, the five foot cube falling it five feet? It is just no. loose dirt, though. So, so like, it's not compact. And like, yeah, right. it's like okay. a hurt. Well, it depends how, much, how many rocks. Like, what do we? <laughs> <laughs> a shower well, not even loose, that. A shower of loose dirt is not going to do damage. Dude, look, it's going to get in their eyes. Okay, it could like scratch their cornea. It could do some damage. <laughs> yeah, but if you do, <laughs> if you get enough of it, think of like fifty cubic feet. That's a lot of dirt. Like that takes a minute. Where is it coming? Can we just, <laughs> here's the thing, let's just imagine this. You'll we're, figure that out. We're in the middle of combat, we go to this man's, like, <laughs> turn, and he's like, I'm just starting digging a hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, like, moving dirt, and we're all just sitting there as the party going, what's the plan here? And there's dirt moving. I mean, as a gnome, you could probably hide, get cover behind five cubic feet yeah, of dirt. Dig and just, yeah, just dig Yeah. I have full cover right there, so... There's also more to this, too. Um, something that difficult terrain that comes up, I'd say, pretty commonly in a, in a campaign setting. This one, you can reverse difficult terrain and make it normal terrain. Oh. Or you can uh, take that uh, dirt terrain. on the ground and turn it back into... Uh, difficult terrain. I feel like that would be pretty interesting for chases. Like, if you're running away and retreating, and then, like, Big Bad or whoever you're fighting is just, like, going after you, it'd be cool to, like, make rough terrain. It slows them down so at least if they fail to save. Five feet, so you can't, like... But it lasts for an hour, and you can do it as much as you want, so, like... Yeah, if but you're, you're traveling long distances, then I could actually help you a lot. It's the breadcrumb trail you're to exactly like where you're You're moving, like, 30 feet a turn, and you're changing five feet. Oh, yeah, no, that wouldn't help you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is more but of, like, a do quick a reaction term, thing. Well, you can, you'd only change five feet, so you could move faster. You'd have double, double. You wouldn't have half speed for one movement, I guess. Yeah. So I probably should have prefaced this with that it's better for long-term stuff, yeah. but it's still really good. I actually thought that was a pretty cool idea. I think it's, it's one of those small creatures. Well, it's not just really a happily made. Any small creature, any smaller tiny creature, you could do that too. And if you do it enough, and you know, if you get lucky, larger creatures too, like medium size or whatever. Well, if you go to large, then they take up a two by two. So, like, even getting them down five feet would take four casts of this. So that's not really well feasible. Well, that you said large then. Medium or lower. Me, yeah, oh, medium or lower. Okay. Medium or lower, yeah. this is like possible. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Medium or yeah, lower. Pretty much smaller, smaller, tiny, but, but still quite a few things. I feel like this cantrip would have a very interesting role playing capabilities. Yeah, there's cool stuff you It'd could be do fun. with it. You could just ruin someone's farm. Like. I have like actual like, like yeah. here's the thing is I have stress talking about farms and being me from a previous campaign where this was like an issue. We won't go into that one, yes. And I feel like if we had this cantrip, the farms would have gotten ruined a lot faster. Yeah, there's there's a lot of random stuff you could do. There's got a lot of random utility. You could have this as part of your backstory. What if you're like a mole person and you're <laughs> a mole you could. person? You could be a mole person who just goes through like molding earth. Like. Molding earth until like every time like y'all go to bed, <laughs> this man's just moving <laughs> earth around. <laughs> you can also just like make a dick in the earth right next to someone. Yeah. yeah. You can um, cause shapes, colors, or both. Here on dirt or stone. Sorry, sending messages like in the dirt. I mean, yeah. technically you could like you could leave bread crumbs. Like, last you could have an, an arrow. Last for an hour, yeah. yeah. Like, you could have an arrow if, like, you were scouting ahead. Like, your party would be like, oh, there's literally an arrow in the dirt. So, it's, it's very... There's potential. Yeah. It, you just have to... Like I said at the very beginning, it's how you play it creative, creatively. Like, you can't just use it and be like, oh, it didn't work. Like, you have to kind of be a little creative with it and, like, think outside the box in order to use this, I think... Yeah. Powerfully. Yeah, I get it. I feel like sometimes people get like really stuck in cantrips being like only about like healing damage or like some sort of utility and like forget about the ones that can be like super creative like this one and have like cool utilities outside of like combat and like yeah just everyday role playing with the party. I mean, you have 
Most classes have multiple cantrips, so yeah. you have a lot of options. No, you do, and I think that's super cool. Out, yeah. Don't be like me who only goes for <laughs> damage only, as we'll see. And uh, I just wanted to bring up real quick with this one, too, uh, how closely it kind of goes with Shape Water. I know you don't think yeah, it's I think like this that. This is great. a lot more useful than shape water. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, five feet of earth versus There's a lot five cubic five feet, feet, feet of water. water. I, I'd like to argue that, like, you could probably drown someone in five feet. You totally water. could. You totally could. I guess. It just depends on the situation. You can also are... give people a, a shower. Like, I, I know. <laughs> no, you can water this your is like a puddle. Like, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you're not doing too much moving a puddle, I feel like. But you can provide distractions. You can make, you know, like, I don't know, you take a, a fountain or something and you remove the water. Maybe if someone's curious enough, they might go check it out. It's I don't know. Like, There's always possibilities. I know this. a lot of, like, what ifs are going on here, but... There's always what ifs. There's always what ifs. This yeah, is D&D, after all. Yeah. So, Personal opinion, take molders over shape water, though. For Unless sure. you're in a water campaign, then... Yeah, if you're in a water campaign, it could be interesting. It could be very. It is instantaneously moved. <laughs> so if you're like fully submerged, I think you could use this to breathe. You well, you could pull someone down too, right? Um, well, you're, only, you're only forcing the flow in a five by five cube, so you're probably not like forcing too much movement. With it. You could shunt them down. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Just be ignoring the waves or But you, water yeah, you're you're right. That is a good point. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, that is a good point. With you could probably make a five foot cube and then have everybody stick their head in it, and then that could make you breathe underwater. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yeah. Because it's instantaneous, so you just get so rid you of just the five foot cube where your head is, and then it flows back in. But you just quickly take a breath, right? Then cast again, and then um, yeah, mm-hmm. freeze. If you're freezing an entire five foot cube for an hour. You're having a fully underwater combat. You could also just freeze the five foot cube where another creature's head is. No, <laughs> no, you can't. Provided there's no creatures in it. Oh, okay. oh I was gonna say that's actually I'm, pretty good. Yeah, like, that's nuts. Put that, yeah. out. Put that out. I can't read. <laughs> no. Yeah. I just can't read. Don't cut it out. <laughs> we'll leave it and we'll take it. I don't know. Especially that'd be actually really cool to like. I wish. That I wish that you could. There's no creatures, do with, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you could so, do it with someone's sword. Well, that'd be. Oh, that is actually that is true. <laughs> like, an it's item. Not a creature. It's not a creature as long yeah. as it's not living. Does that one last an hour? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like goodbye. Like you don't get your sword anymore. That'd be You're a suffering. Big now you get to do unarmed attacks. That'd be a pretty big strength check to get it out. Yeah. I would hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they're holding it, then you have to freeze just yeah. the blade. But like yeah. if it, not necessarily a sword. If it's like a maul, a hammer, a morning star. The top of a morning star frozen in a block <laughs> of ice, and you just have the handle. Now it's just bludgeoning. Okay, the only good, issue good is luck, yeah. think about trying to swing these things underwater. Like, you're not really like. You can still make attacks underwater. That's so interesting. Okay. It's so weird. This arming is always good. I feel like you'd be really slow. A lot of possibilities, and okay. you can do it two times at the same time, right? Is that how I'm reading that? You cast a spell multiple times, uh, you can have no so more yeah, than one of For the it. ones that last an hour, you just can't have more than two at a time. Mm. So you could have two ice cubes. Yeah, it's just retreat. We're done with yeah, freaking shape water. <laughs> 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 you, you swayed me on Mulder, not on shape water. <laughs> I just I'm kind of convinced, I'm not going to lie. I like I really convinced. am kind of convinced on it. I, I agree. I, I think they're similar, but I think usability, Mulder, is so much better because you're just going to see it more. And it's just... Yeah, like we said before, five foot cube of earth versus five foot cube of water. Yeah. The differences are impressive, I would say. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, so the next one has cold dead, which is you have to appoint at one creature you can see within range, and you have the sound of uh, delirious bells that fill the air around it for a moment and the target has to succeed a wheezing saving throw or take 1d8 of damage but if the target's missing any points instead it takes 1d12 of necrotic damage instead on a failed save mm-hmm. yeah nice yeah does scale 
Yeah, it does scale. So like, um, if the spell damage like increases by one die when you reach um, the fifth level. Eleventh um, and seventeen. Yeah. It's a standard oh. cantrip scale. Wait, yeah. level five is already really cool. Two D twelve. Two D twelve and then two D eight or two D twelve. Eleventh level. <laughs> that's that's really good. I always thought it was. Re- I I always thought the concept with this one was really cool. That it has the effect that if it's missing hit points, then it's more damage. Mm-hmm. And a and a trick with that would definitely be if you go first and this is your only option, don't <laughs> cast it. Just cast it and hold your action with it until after somebody does damage. <laughs> yeah, that's just your specifier. When someone does damage. You you really shouldn't be doing one d eight with this. No, and I think I think when I first started using this one, I made that mistake of forgetting that if they're missing damage, then they you yeah, can roll. It's a, only a d8. Yeah. yeah, so definitely maximizing damage here. It has the highest potential for damage on a ranged spell attack, I believe. It's a saving throw, though. Oh yeah, I think I think I think this and poison spray are the only one d12 cantrips. If I'm not mistaken, but that's a con save, and this is a wisdom save, which is much more likely to fail. It's good though, especially since like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like most creatures that you're fighting in a campaign are not going to have that high of a wisdom save, right? Or a wisdom modifier, whatever. Like a lot of a lot of monsters don't. But yeah, so there, there are things that will have pretty high wisdom saves. But but over like a constitution, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty good situationally for sure. Like, and when you roll a d12 and you you do the full total damage, it's like feels nice. Yeah, it feels really good. Feels <laughs> nice. I can imagine. I think I've only done that literally once, maybe. Yeah. And it was kind of amazing. That's equivalent to great axe, right? Yes. So yeah, it, it's. For a cantrip, well, you great actually get to add your strength, but yeah, it is yeah. it is definitely but a, a base, a base, uh, great axe. Yeah, that's the equivalent. And I think, what is it? Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. If you if your clerics, if you take this as a cleric and your cleric subclass gives you potent spellcasting uh, eight, then you can do add your wisdom modifier to it. Oh. oh. That makes it quite good, actually. So yeah, it does scale even more at 8. When you get to 11, you're doing 3d12 plus you're on average 3 or 4 for your wisdom. Yeah, pretty good. Well, by that point, you could have a 20 wisdom. Yeah, for sure. Depends what you want to do, yeah. Now that like I think of the possibilities, <laughs> you've kind of swayed me. This is pretty cool. Well, the nice thing is, as a cleric, you can use your bonus action... If you get up spiritual weapon or something like that, like you can bonus action be hitting someone with spiritual weapon and then be using this as your action, or yeah. you could bonus action healing word, right? So you and can then do all of that on yeah. top of have the spirit guardian. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is nice if someone goes down, you could still do damage because it's a cantrip. You can healing word them as your bonus action and then yep. still do damage. Because I struggle as a cleric sometimes to have an action that's not a, a full spell. So you want to have some a good cantrip that you can cast when you cast a spell as your bonus action. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of times as a cleric I struggle between like <coughs> choosing between doing damage or choosing to like help party members that are like down or like about to be out, like and being able to cast like healing word or mm. something like that. So doing this is yeah, you get the best best of both world. worlds. Yeah. Like you're still able to do damage, but then you're also able to help party members and not um, like let them die as quickly. Yeah. Or if you're just a cleric of the grave, then they can just spare the dying, spare the, spare the dying, and then you know they're stabilized technically, right? Spare the dying, yeah. yeah just stabilized. Yeah. yeah, better than nothing. <laughs> but that's kind of totally dead. It yeah. kind of speaks yeah. for itself in a lot of senses. So it's the D twelve. It's the honestly, it's the D twelve for me. Mm-hmm. Like the fact yeah. that that I don't. It's I feel like if like. It didn't have the D12 as an option. I feel like it's just kind of like, okay, well, like you do a D8. Like yeah, it's okay. It's you should never be yeah. doing a D8 with it. No. Just hold your action until they take Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only reason why this is so good is because you have the choice to, like, 
hold your action <laughs> and do the default damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fine familiar in here. Yeah, <laughs> the cat has joined us. <laughs> Maybe you'll see her in a second. Uh, She's slippery. Yeah. She is. She has haste all the time. I'm telling you. Uh, my next, uh, my last one is prestidigitation. Uh, the do everything can true. Uh, I want to hear your reasoning. And that, well, <laughs> that's the point of it, honestly. Like this, just can do as many things as you can think of. So you can instant, uh, you can create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect, like a shower of sparks, puff of wind, faint musical notes, or even oh. an odor. Uh, you can instantly light or snuff out a candle torch or small campfire. You can instantly clean or soil an object no larger no larger than a cubic foot. You can inst you can chill, warm, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material. Uh, you can make a color, a small mark, or a symbol appear on an object for an hour. Oh. Or, you, or the biggest one, in my opinion. You can create a non-magical trinket or an illusory image that can fit in your hand that lasts until the end of your next turn. So you can make the ticket into somewhere, you can make a gold coin, hand it to the guy, and run. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. See, I feel like um, I does never... Everything. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel does like... Literally everything. At, yeah, the D&D Shorts guy did a video, 101 uses of prestidigitation. Yeah. And there's more than that. Like, I would there, yeah. there are hundreds, if not thousands, of uses for this. Um, and then again, uh, mentioning sorcerer, if you take this as a sorcerer, um, it works with um, subtle spell. Uh, if you really want to quicken spell, and you can make two of the trinkets. Um, it works with yeah, it works with multiple different meta magics. And yeah, it just kind of does everything. That, that's why I think it's pretty good. We had a uh, two people who were. In one of our campaigns, one of them was kind of like the butler oh of the god. other one. Oh my god! And I swear Chadwick. he was prestidigitation oh. all the time because he was just like clean, 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 clean. He'd flavor things like when he was cooked food, he would just make it taste better. It was just yeah. That was a really cool dynamic. Yeah, this one just—I mean—I feel like there's too many uses to even say. Yeah. If your brain is creative, then you can do whatever you want. Pretty much, yeah. Even if you're not creative. And you just like take exactly how this appears, and you're just like, well, yeah, I you, do you it. You just count like what, like fifteen things this can do just yeah. by, yeah, not even inferring anything. Mm -hmm. Cool, pretty good. I like that. Yeah, and anyone can take it, or is it just like uh, artificer, bard, sorcerer, warlock, wizard? <laughs> so a lot of people lot can of take people, it, yeah. uh, and then if, if you really want it, you can still take magic initiative. Or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. some different I don't things. know if it's in Strict Saving Initiate. If it is, it then is. Oh, is in one of them. You do get it from Strict Saving. Oh, so there you go. It's in the same one with Firebolt, so that was kind of crazy. Thaumaturgy <coughs> is really similar, but I think prestidigitation has more potential. I think it's too. Thaumaturgy is basically the cleric equivalent of prestidigitation. Mm -hmm. I, I like the. Yeah, wizards the, have it too. Can't they? No, thaumaturgy is just cleric. That's it. Mm -hmm. The the sound aspect of thaumaturgy is the cool stuff. But yeah. Mm -hmm. You can like make yourself well, and, and can't you with that one also have like flames come like be burnt out or like windows and doors and then like the sound of yeah. non there there is some different uses earthquakes and <laughs> yeah. Your voice is louder than anything else. Overall usefulness, I'm definitely Three choosing prestidigitation. You have more yeah. creativity with prestidigitation. Yeah. yeah, you have way more uses for it. Yeah, it's like the thaumaturgy ones are much more direct, and then a prestidigitation it lets you make any trinket or any illusory image that can fit in your hand. Keyword any. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you can think of. Okay, my last one is what I would argue is the best damaging cantrip Eldritch Blast okay so it's a 120 feet range spell attack which is even nicer um, it's 1d10 force damage which people rarely have resistance to and the best part about it is as it scales you get more beams not just more damage so you can split them you have much higher chance to do two 
attack rolls have much higher chance to do some damage than one attack roll that does higher damage. They also get significantly higher chance to crit. Yeah. Especially if you have advantage. Yeah. You with advantage at level eleven, you're shooting six of these, so it's like it's a brimstone. Yeah, there's. It's pretty crazy. And um, if you're at six chances to crit, you mean? Yeah, Yeah, six chances. Yeah. You don't have to target the same target with each beam. Like you can target six different people technically. Well, three different. It's three beams. Yeah, three beams. He meant six chances to crit. To crit, but it's three beams, so you can choose three different targets, or you can choose the same target with the those beams. Just, just bringing up sorcerer every time, but yes, you can <laughs> you can quicken spell this and then shoot three more, yeah. or however many you're doing. Yeah. And then at level one, you could twin it so it shoots two even before level five. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. get it off a of magic initiate or spell sniper. So anyway, this with spell sniper is pretty fun because those two forty feet <laughs> and they can't hide from it. So. Yeah. Well, it's yours like three quarter cover. So it's just like you could be across a field, just like spell sniper is probably something you want with this. It's I just imagine it's your main thing. Yeah. You said that I didn't imagine someone would be like seeing it coming and be like shit and like trying to hide from it, like not being able to. Yeah. <laughs> like arcing. And if you're a warlock, I mean, obviously you get invocations, which just makes it even better. It's like agonizing blast, I believe is what it's called. Add your yeah. charisma modifier, so then it starts doing potentially 15 damage per wow. hit. Yeah. And then once, uh, after you get the 11th level bonus and the 17th for 3 and 4 beams, uh, the stuff that does damage per hit really starts to do well. Stuff like Hex, Spirit Shroud, mm-hmm. um, all that. So you, if you have Spirit Shroud up, you do an additional D8 per beam. Oh, wow. Um, and then if you have Agonizing Blast, you're also adding your plus 5. So. Right, there's a reason Warlocks are joked about just being under Blast. Like, yeah. Well, oh, it feels yeah. like it's like very useful. Oh yeah, it feels like it's like their main damage thing. I mean, yeah. it's cool as a cantrip, like something that you could just use kind of whenever you want. There's so many modifications to it. Even if you didn't get it as a warlock, there is a feat that makes you get invocations. Yeah. So, any class can yes, take that. That's a really cool feat. Yeah, it, it's really cool. So, I enjoy it. You, it's almost worth just dipping one level into Warlock just to just get, to get this, it. If you yeah. don't have a good cantrip for damage sometimes. So, in my personal opinion, yeah. I just like saying it. So I do. Yeah. I would do just be like Eldritch <laughs> Blast. <laughs> <laughs> fun to say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this so. is definitely part of the reason for that. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty cool, and I think it's like a. I think it's funny, but I, the reason I think it's funny is because we had a someone in another campaign who like. It's like a genie world. Uh, and he would use it constantly. And it just... Lucas, as the DM, would set up these, like, <laughs> all these bad guys and monsters. And this man would roll and be like, it's a 20. <laughs> like, Eldris, it's a 20. And then he'd, like, just absolutely destroy whatever it is that Lucas had on the table. Or our NPC, our adopted NPC would strike him down. I would say as a new player... Having access to this makes your life easier. If you don't, don't want to think about it very yeah. hard, it's yeah. just Warlock in general can be, there are some difficult aspects of Warlock, but if you're just doing this, like, you're probably going to be fine in combat. Yeah, if you take this and Agonizing Blast, it's always just going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you bonus action hex, cast this, it's always going to work. <laughs> yeah, so it's very user-friendly for the people who, like, want to branch out into another class that they haven't done but don't want to, like, feel just, overwhelmed. Yeah. Especially if you're mainly like a melee character. Yeah. This is, you have way less variety in spells, so you're, you gotta work with what you got. You got a good option, you could always use if you were worried. What is our final spell? (laughs) So I know at the beginning of this, we said that we uh, weren't ranking any of this at all, but deep down inside, our favorite, favorite cantrip that we think is the most broken is True Strike. And that's all we have for cantrips. Now we'll go ahead and move on to our story for this one. Yeah, you guys saw the title. This is how the, our party in this campaign got plane shift at level five. Um, so yeah, this one all started with our um, magic item secret Santa. We made a short about that too, uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, but basically I got uh, all of them together and I gave them, uh, well, I, I, not together, but... I uh, gave them somebody else's character over Discord, and they had to pick a rare or lower magic item to give that character. And um, 
Angie, she's not here right now. Uh, she got Michael's character, Inch, and um, Angie actually started by sending me the necklace of prayer beads, and uh, it's a similar item, I think, for clerics and paladins, uh, but uh, she told me that maybe uh, to change the effects of it to fit Inch more, um, so I made that. I guess you can put up the item on the screen. Um, yeah. Uh, we call it the beaded necklace of the planes because uh, Imsh's uh, special axe that he has um, is all about planes and it has a bunch of different abilities for um, detecting planar entities and stuff like that. Um, or extra planar entities, I should say. Um, so he came up with this. I sent it to her. Um, she liked it and she thought that the 20 roll was really funny, that it was plane shift. And we joked about, um, it's pretty low chance, but it'd be funny if you got it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he attunes to the item, and we roll for this. And, yeah, tell him what did you <laughs> Yeah, so you can see on the screen now the breakup of, you know, what you need to roll to get stuff. Mm -hmm. So essentially, when so you roll a d4 plus 2 for the amount of beads on it, and then uh, the way I rolled it, when you attune to the necklace uh, is when you roll for what you get on it. Mm -hmm. So I got a total of 5 beads when I rolled, so uh, that would be 1d, so I rolled a 3 plus 2 is Pretty 5, good. good math. Yeah, it's good. Pretty solid roll. Uh, I was happy with that, and then uh, started rolling, and... The first thing I rolled was haste. Uh, I don't remember what I rolled, but I wrote down that I got haste once. And then I got haste a second time. <laughs> and then, the probably one of the best rolls I could have had, I got plane shift. Yeah. Uh, uh, my third 20. bead that I had, I got Isn't a nat like 20. Your fourth or fifth nat 20 of the session? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you were like rolling pretty I, consistent. I was nuts. Yeah. I rolled yeah, that, yeah, two nat 20s in a row. That was then, the fight where everybody else got wiped out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We literally got so yeah, Just before this, uh, <laughs> they fought this um, sort of psychic caster that they first saw invisible um, called a shaper that they later found out. Um, and he did the super big AOE thing, uh, centered on himself, and uh, knocked out... Everyone. Yeah, you guys all failed, except yep. for Imps. And then watched it. Imps, uh, like, <laughs> just slammed this guy into the wall and crit him uh, three times, I believe. Yeah. A total, uh, total of three times I had. <laughs> and then the yeah. NPC guide you guys were with came down and ended up helping one of you up, and then you were en ended up able to, I think, non-lethally finish him off. But, yeah. We cast sleep on him. And then after that, I made it so you found the items. I We wouldn't have made it uh, through that encounter if uh, our good friend Gustav did not come down and help us out. Yeah, yeah force-fed a healing potion. Yeah, yeah force-fed a healing potion. <laughs> but, you know, as you do, that that's just you know, good friend bonding activities. Yeah. Um, that was just a crazy session. I, I was like, there's no way you roll a nat 20 on that aisle. Oh my god. My third roll in. broke everything. I got plane shift. Yeah. And then I either rolled uh, one of your homebrew uh, spells called Hammer of Storms, which I believe is based off of which spell? It's, uh, it's just like a spell attack roll that when you hit it, does a cone of lightning behind them as well. Yeah. And then uh, I got haste for a third time. Mm -hmm. So, and these are also all his bonus action casts. And he's playing a monk. I so this is that. quite insane. I, I didn't realize that was a thing. I was yeah. wondering how you were hasting and then just going hard. Okay. I believe that was a thing on the original item that Andrew sent me, so I decided to keep it. Um, and then so we were sense. we were just talking about the rules because of the staff of the Magi and the staff of the Woodlands. Yeah. Um, and found out that so plane shift usually requires a tuning fork to go to that specific plane but um, if you have a staff of the magi um, spells that are cast from items don't require um, material components so yeah. since it's cast from so, this yeah, it does not require the yeah. tuning fork and he can go wherever the heck he wants yeah as long as i know where i'm going a wee bit you know yeah. 
Like I need to at you least. You just have to know. Uh, yeah. So yeah. if you're going to a plane you've never been to before, I'm just having him roll, and he ends up in a random spot on the plane. Got a. I got a D100. I know technically it's not like legit for gameplay, but I don't care. It's fun and it's really cool. So I have it. Um, right, there's right, one right there. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. Beautiful. This thing is great. Um, so yeah, D one hundred rolls and see how close you get. Or if uh, if I have a, a scrap, is that what it's called? I don't remember. I don't have the the spell up on me right now. Oh, the circle. The circle, circle. Yeah, the magic yeah. circle. If I have that, I can do that too. It's basically just plain shift. Oh, teleportation has circle. Yeah. That's but without a, yes. you can target teleportation. Without a tuning fork, you know. yeah. It was like probably the only thing that could have gotten us out of that situation. Yeah. Legitimately? Because shortly after that, so yeah. um, they got these items and um, uh, this tower sort of had a weird effect where um, it was like a basically a ruined wizard tower in this small town that they found uh, after they had just gotten stranded. On a uh, snowy continent. Yes, on, a, no on, on essentially Antarctica. No, yeah, yeah, essentially Antarctica. We're um, taking, like, exhaustion yeah, points. They found this essentially smaller town that was connected to one of the mainland cities that had also just gotten destroyed. Uh, but uh, they found a there was a wizard's tower there, and um, I think I thought the best place to include these items was in this tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this, he had sort of an aura there. Uh, that made him identify and attune to items faster. So obviously that was still there and worked for them as well. Um, and so they attuned these items quite quickly and then um, realizing that their uh, friend was unconscious, there were three more shapers coming up from the stairs below uh, that seemed to have just like arrived there, teleported there or something. And then as soon as they came up, uh, as they were coming up the stairs, uh, you cast plane shift to get out of there. I there, there's very few sessions that I've been in, uh, where the amount of fear, yeah, like oh real, raw, genuine like panic, yeah, uh, was portrayed in like in that moment. I don't think I've ever felt that much panic in a session before, because it was. You know, we were thinking of different places we could go. Yeah. You know, there was the option of going to Will's home planet. Planet? Plane? Plane. 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 Yeah, technically plane. Or going to Valhalla, which probably wouldn't have been a good idea in hindsight. Um, I thought it was cool, but probably going where there's another battle already happening is not a good idea. So we went to Paradise. But, yeah, there was so much raw panic in that moment. I'm creating my whole multiverse myself, and this is uh, still pretty on early on in my creation of that. So when he rolled, rolled plane shift, I'm like, sure, I'll allow it. You can go anywhere. But um, I I messaged him and um, and Will as well, since he would have some knowledge, since he's from an outer plane. I, also, I said, pick three. This, these are the ones you guys can go to this session. <laughs> Just so I could have it ready. But, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I think I talked to you during that week, and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just making making planes. Yeah. Like, I'm just making planes. <laughs> all he did for, like, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. 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 Full of that 20. I'm, yeah. give you, I'm not going to rule against you. And that was also our only way out of there. Like, had that gone wrong... Even we, that region, yeah. Yeah, not even that situation, just that region. Like, I don't... I think we were thinking for a long time, we were like, how are we going to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Our skyship's gone. We literally crash-landed. We're, like, exhausted because we don't have... At the time, I don't think we had, like, slain any, dark, like, wolves to have, like, skins to stay warm. So we're all getting yeah. exhausted and, like, taking disadvantage. And I was like, this yeah. is not looking good. And then we get wiped out by this, this yeah. like, shapeshifter, <sighs> like... In one go, I was stressed. It's definitely not ready for all of you to fail. Your face when that happened, you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> 40 his, damage. His DC wasn't that high, though. Like, I don't know. We were just like, it was yeah. just, it was just we were rolling low. It was just unlucky. Oh, yeah. man. So the you fact that we got high that. high damage, I think, I too. Did. Yeah. yeah. Very much above very high. Damage. Oh. The energy of that moment was 
like very depressing until I rolled, and then yes. everyone was like, "Oh, we uh, might have a chance yeah, of not having yeah. a, a, a DM cause TPK." <laughs> early chance, yeah. And then you rolled two nat twenties, and it was just like, yeah. "Okay, we're gonna be okay." And like the plane shift yeah. just got us out of there, out of the island that we were on, or like continent, and then also like out of dying. Well, for, firstly, the two nat twenties definitely helped uh, <laughs> the spirits not end yeah. the campaign mm-hmm. and and our happiness. And you also ended up getting to your actual destination in time mm-hmm. as well because of that. Yeah. Plane I mean, shift is nice. You can plane shift to another plane and takes a day and then has a cooldown. And then you can plane shift back to your plane to a location that you want. So it's like... Approximately. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, it goes without saying it's useful, but... Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's beyond useful now that we don't have material component restraints, too. So it's like... We didn't have to worry about like having that tuning fork. And I think we learned about that rule that week, or the week before. We yeah. were just researching a bunch of stuff, and I came across that. I was like, "Well, it's kind of crazy." Because yeah, you wanted the staff with the wood man. I won't, I won't say for what spell, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a magic item I specifically found for a purpose in one of our future campaigns. So coming up quick. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah. of shameless plugs these episodes we <laughs> yeah. got going. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think we're all just really yeah. Oh, we're all hyped. Yeah, yeah it did we're do so it. We're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Before the video, I do like, and there's one thing that I haven't tried yet, I'm really, really excited to do it whenever it happens, is to banish somebody. Because it oh. says you can use this spell, plane shift, mm. oh, you can yeah. use this spell to banish an unwilling creature to another plane. For how long? For the, however a, long There's a saving to... throw against it. Though. Well, there's a saving throw of a charisma. It's a charisma oh. So if it's a monster, typically monsters have a pretty low charisma. So yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know, I'd give it like a 60% chance maybe that it, it hits. 70? I don't know. Depends on the creature. I'd say it'd be pretty successful most of the time. How long does it last? Yeah, is it like in the oh, same rules that you apply? You plane shift them. They're you gone. Just They're gone. Shift them. <laughs> they are oh, gone. Wow. <laughs> it literally says a creature so yeah, transported must find its way spell. back to your current plane of existence. Yeah, they're on their own. Yeah. Like, I'm literally like, you're gone. You're here. You're not. And you get to Figure choose. out how to get home. <laughs> you choose, like, what plane they yep. go to. You can wow. do it to a willing creature, right? It says unwilling. What you could, well, yeah, I mean, you could take it, but it wouldn't be banishing them. This is banishment. Well, you could just charm person someone, and then, or if they're willing, then I could just treat the spell as normal. Yeah, but you charm them, and then they just just send them away. But the banishment, yeah, I can't wait till that happens. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, it hasn't come up yet, but when it does, it is going to be so fun. I'm going to be so happy. We'll have to talk about that too. <laughs> oh yeah, where to send them? <laughs> It would be funny to go to that plane at some point. <laughs> to see what they're doing. We're going to leave now. Yeah. Oh, wait, we can't. We're going to have to fight you yeah. now. Yeah. When you come back stronger, you're like, I remember when I was scared of you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You just go to that plane and then start fighting them and like, oh, move them to another plane of existence. <laughs> just keep fucking with this like, big bad. Make a cabbage man. Make a cabbage man from after. The biggest problem is we never have this thing available mm-hmm. because we've yeah. always usually just plane shifted yeah. and then I have to wait a day and then yep. some big bad evil guy or whatever pops out of nowhere yeah they pop like, out of nowhere and then I have we have to go fight him and I can't do it but when it happens it's gonna be epic it's gonna it. be so good I can't <laughs> wait I am very blessed to have this spell I'm so happy it saved our ass it, oh it, yeah it, it has it's legitimately saved yeah. I'm a little bit overpowered. There's something we've come up with where I messaged Michael about that I hope it comes up at some point in the campaign. And I want it to be a secret for you because it requires it to be a secret. But we'll talk about that okay. if it ever comes up. I am mildly concerned. About <laughs> I'm having a hard time remembering. That's, so. that's fair. I'll message you again. So, that's sleep the in video. Fear. Thanks for <laughs> watching. I will sleep in fear now. <laughs> <laughs>